0: Welcome to Project Hunt, Project Hunt Bow Hunting Podcast, your solution for do-it-yourself hunts and hunting stories. And now, here's your host, Cody Casinger. All right, guys, welcome to the second episode of Project Hunt Opening Podcast. I know this is a bow hunting podcast. But- I'm going to change some things uh, coming into 2020. It's going to be a little bit more than just bow hunting. Uh, I have a special guest today. It's Steve with uh, the Dog Soldier. Steve, how you doing today, man? Oh, pretty good, man. How's it going? Oh, it's doing pretty good. Doing pretty good Worked all night last night. Still awake, and I got to work a double again tonight. So I'm going to be pretty tired when tomorrow gets here.
1: Oh, yeah. No rest for the wicked,
0: right? That's right. So, uh, so... I want this to be kind of like a, uh, like a bullshit session. I don't really want to get into like, you know, like super critical conversation stuff because a lot of podcasts are like that. And I, I want my podcast to be a little bit different. Um, we had spoke yesterday, kind of, you know, we talked about some ideas bouncing back and forth or whatever. And, um, I want to start this off with uh, you giving out, you know, your social media handles, so that way, you need the listeners out there. If they want to find you on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, they can they can find you that way.
1: And so, like on Facebook, you can just search Steve Crane the Dog Soldier," and and a few profiles uh, pop up. Um, the Dog Soldier slash calls dot com is the kind of the friend page of the show and kind of what's going on in my world and new products and stuff like that and then i do have a personal facebook and also i have a steve Kreiner handcrafted facebook which is just kind of where you know i post a lot of my custom calls to build and a lot of leather stuff and custom pipes and stuff like that but the main place to find me is just steve uh, dog soldier slash coyote calls.com if you just search that on facebook and then instagram uh one and only dog soldier I've been around a long time, so it's it's pretty easy to find me. You can just kind of put in my name or the dog soldier, and you'll you'll find it pretty easy, just kind of like on YouTube and anything else. Yeah, a lot
0: of a lot of people that are in the uh, their predator hunting world, they uh you talk about Steve freaking Crowner, man, they know they know who he is, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, so I, I want to kind of get into. Uh, like, how Dog Soldier got started, like, back whenever you were first starting, uh, could you tell us what motivated you to start the, uh, the whole Dog Soldier platform?
1: Yeah, you know, um, years ago, I, I, you know, over 15 years ago, I started, well, gosh, man, it's probably been almost 20 years ago now, I started filming, filming my hunts, and just like everybody else, well, not everybody else back then, but, you know, I just, I wanted to film my hunts. I wanted to show them off and I kind of would throw some music to them here and there and it got pretty cool and I liked it. And then, um, you know, it, it it was weird. I, I just decided one day I was like, man, I'm going to put a DVD together. And I put a DVD together and, um, it, it, it was just, it was just so cool to me. And, and I really didn't know what direction or where to go with it or anything like that. So I just kind of got it all edited up. And then I figured out how to make the copies and get all that stuff rolling. And then one of, uh, it's kind of weird. One of Hunter specialties pro staffers broke down where I was living and, uh, you know, I pulled into the gas station. I'm like, well, shit, there's Philip Vanderpool, you know? And I went up and said, Hey, and I said, how's it going? And he's like, oh, man, you know, and Philip was always a real uh, dramatic guy. He's like, man, this tow truck's wanting to charge me $3 extra a mile to tow my trailer behind my truck, you know, for my bad boy buggy. And I said, well, hell, just take it to my house. I'm right down the road here. And you can come and get it whenever you want. Well, we did that, and we got talking about whitetails, and I took him into my office. Because I'm from the Midwest originally, you know, southwest Missouri. and Yeah, you and, got the uh, big deer, we know. Yeah, yeah, and – <laughs> it, you know i took him into my office I, I said man come and look at. and this was right after he killed that big old double drop time buck years ago a 200 inch i said come in my office and i want to show you some of my deer and i took him in my office and i had a construction business at the time and and uh um we got to looking at deer and then he seen i believe the old model numbers gl2 a camera sitting on the deal and he's like man do you video your deer hunts and And I said, no, I said a video, all my predator hunts. And what's funny about it, you know, after I got to know, uh, the world a little bit in the market, if I would have said, yeah, I film my deer hunts. I probably, you probably wouldn't be talking to me right now. But when I, when I said I'm, I'm filming my predator hunts, um, he's like, no kidding. You know, Hunter especially owns a Johnny Stewart brand and we got Al Morris. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's pretty cool. And, and, uh, well, anyway, he took my, I showed him some footage, a couple kills I had queued up anyway. And So, and, so before,
0: before you, before you go any further with that, um, you were self-filming at the time, right?
1: Yeah. I was kind of doing the, well, kind of like what Randy did, you know, you couldn't find no camera guys. So I would just go out and call up coyotes and I'd take people to shoot and then I would film them and I'd do the talking head deal and kind of explain what was going on and talk about products or whatever I was using and I was unsponsored at the time. I was just kind of cruising, doing my own thing, and I didn't know anything about pro staff. I didn't know anything about nothing. All I knew is I wanted to be a primetime bucks guy and drive one of them yellow trucks that HS had, you know, and uh, they were so big back then, and here I got Philip Vanderpool in my office and wanting to see footage, and I I never really thought anything else about it, and uh, he had took my number so he could call me and and make sure I was home or whatever to get my trailer. And well, the day later he called me and he's like, man, you know, it's pretty cool. your coyote footage and stuff. You're that's pretty awesome. And, and I was like, thanks. And he's like, well, I appreciate you doing what you did for me. Let me park there. He said, man, I owe you one. And and maybe I'll get some calls sent out to you or something. I said, dude, you don't owe me nothing. I said, I'm kind of, you know, I roll my own way. I got, you know, I'm using some custom calls from, uh, Brad Holzer was a buddy of mine. He was originally from Montana and and he kind of dropped off the map. ain't talked to him in years, but I was just using odds and end calls here and there. And and I told him I didn't really need nothing. And then the next day he called me again. He's like, man, I can't get that footage out of my mind. That's amazing. You're doing it in Missouri where nobody else is doing it. And I was like, well, it is what it is. You know, it's pretty cool. And I just got lucky and got good at it. And I never really thought about it again. And three days later, um, you know, I owned a construction business, so we're getting ready to go to work, and we just pulled into the McDonald's, and, and, uh, my phone rings, and, uh, it's Al Morris, and I'm like, hey, what's going on, Al? You know, I never talked to the guy in my life, and he goes, well, I hear you do some good footage and stuff like that, and, and I said, yeah, you know, I've got some good stuff. And he goes, well, we're looking for a guy toward the east, you know, the eastern Midwest United States to do seminars and yada, yada, yada. And and uh, I said, well, then I, I said, well, how much does it pay? Because I didn't know anything about this business then. Right. I just knew that I was a working man and everything I touched always was a business to me. I'm, I've am i always been marketing and didn't even really know it back then. You know, my construction business was successful and, and you know what, I assume that's what you're supposed to say. You know, what's it pay? And he's like, well, we usually just give people free calls, you know, and do whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, man, I own a house and I own pay bills and shit like that. And I just, I can't, I can't do it for free. You know, I got my own DVD. I've spent a lot of time and money on. I'd like to sell. And, and, uh, he said, well, I tell you what, he said, I'm over the budget and I'm doing this and doing that. He said, uh, he says, here's what I can do for you. And he told me what he was going to pay me to do seminars. And, and he wanted to, wanted to use some of my footage, you know, and, and he told me what that was going to pay. And, and then I was like, yeah let me think about it so i went home and i i thought well i got this whole dvd full of everything but hs you know what i need to do and i decided to shelf that dvd and work for hs and i got i got really become really good friends with gerald stewart and he's like a father figure to me now and we're really close and and that's johnny stewart's boy and and uh it it was just kind of weird um you know, I went to work for them, done a few seminars, and then I don't know if they were getting feedback or what, but then they had me do what they call an outdoor rider hunt with Alan Garvin and Gerald, and and then uh, six months later, you know, I was offered a national pro staff position, which back then pro staff meant everything. Were, yeah, it wasn't just the, thrown around. Yeah, you were the fucking bomb. Dot com, you know. I mean, yeah. So you, you you were the man, and so uh, whenever
0: you decided to do that with them, did you? Keep your construction job or did you actually quit that to go full-time working for them
1: well so the national pro staff position was like stan potts greg miller uh you know tom miranda all these guys that i grew up watching tv i was one of them now and in that contract paid me five thousand dollars for 30 days worth of work and that's, that's not bad, all they, really not back then no it was great and that's what they wanted out of me they wanted 30 days whether it was seminars filming or whatever and uh you know al wanted eight or nine kills from me so i did that in about 10 days and then i i don't know what happened but they just they started paying me 50 i think 53 cents a mile to drive my pickup or something like that and and I started working seminars every weekend, rider hunts, I started doing radio talk shows, I started doing magazine articles, it just it just blew up. And, and I finally went to them, I was like, you know, after them 30 days were up, they started paying me, I like think 200 a day and, and all my expenses and stuff, and, and I got to, I was working, well, it didn't take but a year, and I, I was, you know, I was gone, away from home almost 100 days well and back back then back then a lot of people wasn't really into predator hunting like they are mm-mm. now so so no. so that's like was like a whole new platform you know yeah 20 20 years ago out west it was popular but in the midwest you know it was stuff people dreamed about or heard about hell you wouldn't see a coyote unless she's lucky and everywhere i get, went i was a hit you know i was I was kind of a natural bullshitter, so I was good on stage, and I was good in front of hundreds of people back then. Would show up to a seminar, and and it was just huge. And then I got to doing combo seminars with uh, Eddie Salter and Alex Rutledge and Wayne Carlton and and all these superstars of the outdoor world. And and I finally told them I was like, man, I'm I'm gone away from home enough. My construction business is feeling it. My partner you know, even though he, he supported me at the time, uh, we went to school together and, you know, he's like, yeah, go do it. You know, I can run this when you're gone. I just didn't feel like it was fair. And, and at Kansas city, Missouri, oh man, I think it was 2007 or eight. We was at the world predator hunting expo. And, and I told them, I sat down the marketing director, they come to watch me call on stage and we all went out to eat. And I said, boys, I can't do this no more or less, you know, somebody needs to, shit or get off the pot because I can't half-ass do anything and we're half-assing this and I think it can be real big and and they said well we want to hire you full-time and and this is what we're going to do and and at the time I thought it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me and I took that job and then it you know it just rolled and rolled and rolled until about 2012 and uh and before we move on any further, we can get into the nitty gritty of everything. You know me, I don't sugarcoat shit. So
0: I mean, I'll tell you, you.
1: yeah, I'll I'll tell you everything, but you know, um, between economic downfall, 20% salary cuts, which was total bullshit and economic downfall meant that management was making bad decisions and costing HS a bunch of money. Um, me and Jerry gerald gerald at the time were designing electronic call for hs and and they were going to release it when it wasn't right and it had me and gerald's name all over it and i was just like you know cut cut that shit out now yeah I i was like fuck this you know and so i just uh i just for some reason you know brian thomas a marketing director always called me dog soldier because i i was known for shooting coyotes in the face i carried an m4 benelli m4 tactical shotgun and and uh I always said I was going to wage war on coyotes and he started calling me that. And so, uh, so I quit and started dog soldier and, and you know, I've took a few fucking since I started dog soldier, but right now I'm right where I want to be. You know, I've learned a lot and I've grown a lot. And the best thing that ever happened to me is realizing that if you're just, if you're just you and you tell people exactly what you think, whether it's right or wrong, um, you know, and I am open minded. So if I am wrong, I like to learn too. But I, I found out a couple years ago if you just kind of be yourself and do you, you yeah, make uh, it a lot further in life. Yeah. And people like that. And, you know, used to HS would, uh, HS would, would be like, you know, you're the pros and, and you guys got to do this and you're teaching these people and you need to sell them this because that's why you're successful. And, and I, you know, yeah, I I understand that to a certain extent, but you know, I I always tell everybody, I'm I'm just like everybody else. The only thing that makes me different than most people is I have uh, not so much anymore it seems like, but you know, there for years I had more time to hunt than anybody else did and I had more time to fuck up and I got I got the unique ability and I'm very good at turning negatives into positives and and learning from my mistakes, and that's, that's why I got where I'm at, you know, I learned from my mistakes, and I was able to roll with it.
0: You know, you, you said a while ago, you know, uh, there's some people out there that, you know, you don't, where they, you know, try to be something that they're not, you know, I mean, a lot, a lot of people's guilty of that, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of that, I mean, I ain't afraid to admit it, you know, there's, there are a long time, you know, there's a long time, for a long time, I was trying to be something that I wasn't, and it, uh, It ended up making me where I wasn't happy anymore or, or you you, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just that part of you to where you're like, I'm just fucking over it. Like it, like it's time to just go out and have fun with it again and do your own thing.
1: Oh yeah. And that's, you know, and I'm the same way. I mean, when I first started with HS, you know, I wanted to be the next Michael Waddell and I didn't understand the predator market Mm -hmm. numbers then. Mm -hmm. I thought it was as big as deer hunting and, and since I was a prime time guy and shooting deer on primetime bucks and cutting and strutting, I thought I was gonna be the next Michael Waddell in my mind. Just like if, if anybody does anything, you wanna do it the best you can, but you wanna get the best out of it. And then I slowly learned and you know, I nestled really close to the marketing directors and learned learned the market and how to sell and what was really important instead of running around like a banny rooster and and uh, I realized, you know, um, it, and it took me a lot of years. I realized that, you know, I'm Steve Kreiner and I'm only going to be Steve Kreiner. There ain't no Michael Waddell. There ain't no, uh, you, you know, they just, it's just me. Um, yeah. and that's all I can, and it's all I can be. And, and HS, you know, believe it or not, had a problem with that because, you know, I'd do a seminar and I'd be like, you know, I'm just like you guys, but I learned from my mistakes, mm, excuse me. And I'm going to teach you how I learned from them. Well, you know, I used to get in trouble like, no, you're an expert and you're, you you got to do this and you got to do that. And, you know, we were always butting heads. Hell, I had a, I'll tell you a funny story. One time I was sitting in a big board meeting at Hunter Specialties and uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but the salesman stood up and he said, well, I got us another sponsor. And. I'm like, for what? And they're like, well, for our TV series, you know, we had outdoor HS Outdoors. And then we had primetime bucks and cutting and strut and primetime bulls, operation predator, all this shit. And they're like, yeah. So when you're doing your seminars, you need to wear these clothes. And I said, well, first of all, how much are these bitches paying us to wear this shit? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. they're not, but they're going to. And I'm like, well, that's horse shit. And I said, besides them are slacks. I wear blue jeans. And this guy, <laughs> yeah. had enough, this guy had enough balls to look at me and said, well, now you wear slacks, and I said, fuck you, and I got <laughs> up from that meeting, and just so happened, Dave and Carmen had went in their office next door, uh, to this board meeting, and I walked in there, and I said, Dave, Carmen, that was the owners at the time, and I told them what for, and, you know, I was like, it's bad enough, we gotta horse shit people, and try to sell them all this shit, you know, and we're, we might as well be used car salesmen, but I'm not gonna start dressing like one, you know, and, and we just, you yeah, there's, there's no, there's under.
0: no sense in, looking or trying to be somebody that you're
1: not it's not worth it yeah and and you know what Uh, these podcasts are good platforms uh you know i started the dog soldier predator hunting podcast a couple years ago and people's gotten real really know me way more through this platform than anywhere else because you know used to you get up on stage or on tv and you say well i'm just like you and everybody else well if you're on tv or if you're out in the public eye or you got following you got a target on your back, and and these some of bitches that would target you wouldn't wouldn't take two seconds to really realize that you're just a regular person and, and learn who you are. They just immediately thought. Yeah, I mean, people come – Still today, I get hate and people talk shit that I'm arrogant and you know. And I always tell them, don't don't mistake my confidence for arrogance. You don't you don't even know me. Yeah. You know, I'd love to be arrogant, but you know, uh, I'm not a world champion class caller anymore. Um, I don't kill 100 cows a year no more. I mean, there's a lot of shit I don't do as good as some of these other people. And, you know, people don't take, especially in this business, people, especially with social media nowadays, you know, everybody's equal. So nobody gives anybody any credit. Credit at all. Or or they don't stop two seconds to learn who somebody is. Um, You know, it's just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to be a custom call maker today. So fuck Kreiner, fuck Carver, fuck fuck all these other people cuz I'm the best. Yeah. Well, motherfucker, you ain't killed 30 coyotes in a, in a year. You know, don't <laughs> give me no bullshit, you know. Yeah. And and I and I'm just that's what anybody else would say, so that's what I say, you know. Yeah. Um and of course then I'm a dickhead because I've made it and they're trying to make it, but if I have an opinion or get aggravated, you know, a lot of people don't understand. I don't have freedom of speech anymore. Um, you know, hence the Winchester thirty-five thousand dollars sponsorship last year. You know, yeah. you know, I lost that shit because I was sticking up for this country and our and our industry, and they fired me for it. So, you know, that's how that's how. A yeah, lot of this shit a was, lot you know. of
0: people confuse social media photos and posts for reality.
1: Yep. Right. I mean,
0: I mean, honestly, honestly, it's what it really is, you know, and that's one of the main reasons why, you know, I like listening to your podcast because you're just real. You're real about everything. You don't cut no shit for nobody. you And you you speak the truth about everything that you know. And if you don't know about it, you, you're you honest about it. Like, you know, you sit there and say, well, I'm not going to sit here and talk about this topic because I don't know nothing about it, but I'm willing yeah. to learn. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. a lot of pe- a lot of people, they want to talk, sh- you know, talk knowledge about something they don't know about. And they make themselves look like they're an idiot.
1: Yeah, and you know that's the going thing. I mean, I started a Facebook page one time called Steve Kreiner Rocket Scientist <laughs> just to prove everybody I could be a rocket scientist because I said I was, you know. Yeah. Um, and I posted pictures of rockets and bullshit and kind of acted, kind of had myself convinced I knew how to fly a damn spaceship, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it, it's just, it's just like that. It's uh, uh, you know, and and I want. A lot of people don't believe me when I say this, but I want everybody to succeed because, you know, first of all, these people fighting for this shit don't understand what's going on. They they're understand they're fighting for ass pats and acknowledgement and they want to be the best predator hunter in the world. And and that's fine. But first and foremost, they need to realize how it works before they get mad at us for disagreeing or trying to help them out, because I need everybody to succeed because you can prove it tenfold. You know, John Collins has his own following. Al Morris has his own following. Mike Dillon's got his own following. Tory Cook and Tory Lynn they got their own following. And I work closely with a lot of these people. Just like MFK, they got their own following, and and it's completely different than my following. And then some of them overlap, but there's a lot of people that follow MFK that that don't follow me, and right. and. I need everybody to succeed because everybody has their own fan base and some of them do overlap. But usually people tend to, you know, I like this guy better, so they're going to roll this way or I like this guy better and they're going to roll this way. And and then it just works because the market, the market is not um, the market is not what people think it is. You know, I mean. This market is really small. It's
0: dying. It's dying.
1: Yeah, and it and it is dying. And I need these people to succeed because I'm in. You know, and and this is one thing I take pride in telling everybody. I sell shit, and I sell good shit, and I sell shit predator hunters need, and I sell shit predator predator hunters use and have tested, and it's good shit. If this market don't grow, or if this market don't stabilize. I'm out of a job because this is my job. This is my living. This is my life. And I need the Heath Bakers. I need the Al Morris's, the John Collinses, I need the Tory Cooks. I need, I think his name's uh, Daniel Pritchard. He's a custom call maker out of Virginia, you know, and he walks around like a fucking rooster acting like he's going to spur everybody. I need, I need him. I need him to succeed because I like the kid. And he makes an all right call. So I need him to succeed because I can look at his stuff and tell his following is different than mine. But if his following grows and he succeeds, then this market grows and this market succeeds and this world succeeds, this conservation succeeds, and this country succeeds. Right. It, you know, and, and if you're doing it for a living, it's way more than predator calls. It's way more than rifles. It's way more than scopes. It's a big picture, and I've been in it long enough to, to see the big picture and and quite honestly, we're fucked if we don't pull our heads out of our ass and figure out how to get this shit to grow. Because we the outdoorsman is a, is a minority right now. hmm It is. You're you're hundred percent correct on that. So
0: with with that being said, talking about, you know, uh you selling calls let's get a little bit into your specific brand like your custom calls your website and all that stuff and uh what all you sell on that site so that way listeners out there will know you know hey steve crowner i follow him i didn't know he had a website or i didn't know he had an app specifically (laughs) for you know his his
1: brand yeah so let's get a let's let's get into that a little bit okay so you know four years ago um or five years ago, I guess I'd started a project with Flextone and, uh, you know, I licensed them my brand and I designed some calls and electronic calls for them. And, and I decided to sell them out of the house and I, I started a little website. Well, you know, I've hence broke away from Flextone because they're just like any other big company. Um, you know, they don't, they don't, big companies tend to not care about who's down the ladder and, and that's fine. Cause it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I, I spent a bunch of money and I bought the domain CoyoteCalls.com, and then I—I uh, I think in the last two years we've spent seventy, seventy-five thousand dollars on molds and parts uh, to build what I think to me—and they're the best to me, but the best production hand calls you can get. They sound uh, good. I will—I will give you that. They sound good. I appreciate really good. it. Yeah, you know, and it takes a lot of a lot of prototypes and a lot of money and and stuff like that to do it right. And and, you know, I call it the legend series because I took things that I liked from Major Boddicker with Critter Call because I know Major and I took things I liked from Johnny and Gerald and I took things I liked from Ed Siri, and and I just and I didn't copy no pieces or anything like that. But but I, you know, blowing, you know, a Critter Call for years uh, Major Boddicker was the first person to ever patent the open read years and years ago. And, and actually Ed Siri was the first one to steal it. So, <laughs> so, you know, um, But you knew what you liked and that's yeah, and you based your stuff off of that. I knew what I liked. So I knew the sounds I wanted and I got, I had to figure out how to do it my own self. And every time I blow that 2J um, I think of Johnny Stewart, you know, and every time I blow the blood red Jack, I think of Major Boddicker. And, and I mean, just, you know, things, they, some of these guys are legends to me. I've met them all and I met Jerry Blair and, and, uh, Gary Roberson. And I mean, I, I just wanted, I wanted to be the best like these guys. And, and I knew I couldn't be the best to everyone. And that's fine. Um, you know, I say, you know, they're the best to me because they're exactly what I wanted. You know, I can't sit down a million and. Uh, 200,000 predator hunters in the United States and say, tell me what you guys like, and then average it out. And, you know, I had to, I had to base it on my experience and I had to base it on the old legends and uh, I had to, had to base it on what I could win the world championships with. And, and and that's where, um, this new line of hand calls, the legend series come with, come out with. And, you know, we got, uh, we got six closed reads and then we got an open read and then an open read howler and you know i believe that open read howler is probably one of the most easy uh, user-friendly howlers on the market and it sounds really good and um, it's a great call and
0: well i um, know i'll be putting an order in for some stuff i can tell you that right now
1: <laughs> i talked to you about that last night so yeah well i appreciate it you know and, and that's another thing uh, with coyote i i build all these calls we build them right here in the house and you know, uh, Emily, my better half, she'll, she'll help me build tone board or mouthpieces and stuff like that. But when it comes to tone boards or insert reads and making sure shit sounds right, I touch hold, hold on. Hold on. So, yeah. so
0: you mean to tell me you have a lady and she's a hundred percent cool with you hunting. How does that work? <laughs>
1: um, well, you know, she's a Yankee. I'll just say it straight out. She's a Yankee from Vermont. So she, she's not a hunter. She understands why hunting needs to happen. And, and she don't mind me hunting and and stuff like that, but you know she's she just does her thing when I'm gone, and and uh, she's a super good chick and treats me good. And you know I, I was unhappy a lot of years, and I got with Emily five years ago, and and my whole life changed. And, and ship set and, sail, huh? Yeah, and and that's you know um, between her and my two little girls. I mean that's that's what I live for, and and you know I don't mean to be blunt, but fuck everybody else. Um, yep you know it's it's a doggy day, dog world man yeah and i just do what i i think's right and you know dot calls.com building every one of these hand calls by myself well she helps me but i mean making sure every one of them sounds good and and me touching every one of them and and putting them together like there is not a call that goes out of this house that i haven't touched and that i haven't listened to and that i haven't heard and what's cool is when i'm behind a little bit and we're never hardly behind like getting orders out after they're placed. But what I mean, if my inventory gets down low and I'm building calls to ship to my warehouse to ship out for me, it's cool when we get down to zero calls and then I ship out some inventory. And I see these orders come in. I see all these orders come in and then and then I'll get a message on Facebook, man, I ordered this call yesterday, and and it or two days ago and it's already here and Guess what? I went out this morning or you know, 3 days after they get this call or after I build this call, they've already got it in their hands and they killed a coyote with it. And man, every time it somebody feels good, sends, don't it? Yeah, every time somebody sends me a picture of a coyote that they killed either with my hand calls or knowledge that they learned from the podcast or off the Dog Soldier Predator Hunter's app Man, it's like I was there and that's, and I can't hunt as much as people do now. You know, I'm, I'm busy. I I own a bar and grill and I do this, I do that. And, and every time somebody sends me a picture of a coyote that they killed, I was there. Like I blew that call. I know what that call sounds like. And And the fact that they kill it after you test it's just a totally different world, isn't it? Well, yeah. And and I've made some comments, you know, like there's not a company of this um, quantity that builds them like i do and has the customer service or the the quality control i do and i learned that from the pipe industry because I, I jason dagner out of florida builds a real nice line of pipes production pipes and after they they get built in italy they send them to him and he goes through every one of them makes sure it's built good makes sure everything's ergonomic and and, and I thought, man, if I do hand calls, I'm going to be as personable to my customers as I can, like he is, because he's making a living selling tobacco pipes and I'm making a living selling hand calls. And then I got addicted to it. You know, I'm addicted. Like I'll, every now and then I'll put up a post, you know, Hey, post some pictures that you killed with coyote, you know, calls from dog soldier and man, it will just flood the page. And every one of them coyotes laying there, I was there in my own little way and, and it, it, it just, you know, making them comments like there's not a company of this quantity that can do this. Then people say, well, my ass, I build every one of my calls. Well, you're not building 4,000 of these motherfuckers a year, you know, you <laughs> Where's know, <your> calluses? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I work in and, and, and I don't know if you ever put an open read hand call together. But when you push in about 300 read blocks in one day, you want to cut your fucking thumb off, you know, and, uh. It, it just, it just grows and it grows and, and the addiction gets, it, it's an obsession. Now, you know, now I know, you know, Mossy Oak always said it was an obsession. You know, now I know why them guys say that because, you know, every time they see a deer killed with their camo or Turkey with it, I mean, it it is obsessive. I mean, and now I'm building custom calls and I don't sell them no more. I just auction them off. They bring anywhere from two to $500 and, and, i'm just obsessed with pumping out good products and obsessed with seeing success with the products and and that's just where it's at
0: so uh, like aside of your custom calls i know your website it carries a lot more than just calls on it it has uh hunting gear it has electronic calls downloads it ha- i mean it, it, your website is pretty
1: broad it carries a lot of different things correct yeah, yeah, you know, we are in the scope business. Um I went into business with Axion Optics and they build a dog soldier scope that's really badass and priced for the working man like myself and and uh I went into a business with a gun builder out of Oregon and we're in the gun business now. And now people can get custom guns for, you know, a, a fully hand-built custom gun for 2300 or a full carbon build for 3500. Um you know, we got lights, the electronic calls, I carry a couple different brands, electronic calls. Um, and the reason I carry electronic calls is they're kind of part of my system. I use electronic calls too. And, and I feel like if people see me use electronic and they want to know, they'll be able to go to coyote calls.com. And, and if the, if it's there, it's worth a shit, you know, it's worth something. And, uh, and Gerald Stewart, you know, back when I was working with Hunter Specialties taught me how to record wildlife and they trained me to record wildlife. And and I got a, you know, I got a pretty substantial sound library and I, I've only released 20 of the sounds, but, you know, um, 10 of the sounds on my library was recorded by Johnny Stewart himself back in the fifties and sixties. So, um, you know, I just kind of got my hands a little bit everywhere and that's what we're trying to do with this dog soldier brand. We want to I feel like it's probably already a household name to predator hunters, but we want to make damn sure, that coyote is your number one stop because if, if there ain't, if, if it's there, it's not a gimmick, you know, and it's not, yeah, you're listed. not going to put something
0: on your website that you don't believe
1: in. Yeah. I mean, it just don't make no sense for me. And you know, we're not a bass pro and we're not a Cabela's and, and, and we're not ever going to be that big, but whatever because, you got uh, is going to sell. Yeah. In order to be that big, you, you know, retail, Um, I learned this a lot, you know, to visiting these stores and going to sales meetings and Cabela's and everywhere else. I've been on all the big box stores, buyers tables. And, and uh, you learn that every square inch on a shelf has to make some kind of money that year. And that's how they make sure these stores are able to pay their bills and stay open. And, and uh, you know, in order to get all them shelves, you got to sell shit. That's just not worth a shit. And, and I, I, and, and I've, I, I I'm not go, I refuse to do well, it. I mean,
0: it's hey, not just that it takes up you know space in your warehouse or whatever, but why would you want to buy a bunch of shit that's not going to sell and then you have to figure out something to do with it?
1: This is no bullshit. Between the Flex Tone electronic game calls that I designed for them, and uh, between them, which I'm not with Flex Tone no more, I don't have nothing to do with them, but between them, electronic calls and even the hand calls they built for me. All the way up to now, me handling my own stuff and Axion Optics. And I can count on one hand how many returns of, from defects I've had in five years. That's and, pretty good. That's, and that's, that's, that's no good. bullshit, you know. Um, that's a pretty good ratio to have. And In everything it was, you know, I did have a scope the other day, um, just a regular Axion scope. Um, but, uh, you know, it's if I did have a return, it was... I had a couple of returns on hand calls where people take them apart and JC Reed can't take that very much, you know, and uh, I just send them reads out and keep them going on down the road. I don't, I don't really ask no questions. You know, I just take care of shit. And what I've found out what's funny now is, you know, people still buying flex tone stuff and they're like, well, you know, and I I try to tell them I'm not got nothing to do with them no more. But a guy called me the other day and said uh, his bog death grip that he bought from Cabela's, had a screw fall out or some shit you know and he couldn't get a hold of bog so i just took his name address and full email and got a hold of bog and he got a new death grip you know so that's, i mean that that's pretty cool that you go that far for your customers that, that that speaks a lot like honestly it really does well it's a burden it's a burden believe it or not but you know you got to do it i mean if if i'm going to make it in this world i got to in this world of the outdoor industry, you got to be different than everybody else. And it ain't, it ain't, uh, wearing something special or doing something special. It's, it's how you are, you know, there's so many, so many people out there that, you know, if, if my dinger goes off and somebody sends a message, I answer it because that's just what you're supposed to do, you know, I mean, and, uh, uh, old school, you know, (laughs) i will say this you made a uh you made an axion scope sale
0: tuesday night because of me <laughs> <laughs> good a buddy of my garrett i told him he was like i'm looking for a scope i said i'll tell you what i said you buy the axion the dog soldier series and you put it up any thousand dollar vortex scope that's in the thousand dollar and less yep. range it's gonna it's gonna be right there with it or better i said i promise yeah. you
1: yep and and you know what i a lot of people are like, what kind of guarantee you guarantee? And I, well, I ain't going to buy the fucking scope or anything, but you know, listen, I mean, none of us are good enough to know. I mean, here's the deal from a thousand dollars and under, there is no, like you cannot physically tell the difference unless it's a piece of shit or it's good. Exactly. And, and, you know, I know the scope industry um I've I've worked with Axion for several years now. They're actually owned by Umarex USA, which, you know, I host real air gun hunting through them and I I handle some marketing and consulting and do some stuff with them and and this company's legit, you know, and, and uh they won't they won't release nothing, you know, if it's it's shitty. And I remember the first line of Axion scopes they had, they sent me uh, seven or eight prototypes. And none of them, the glass was good in them, but they weren't worth a shit. I mean, they wouldn't take the recoil of a two forty three. And and a year later, we finally start getting Axion scopes because we made sure it was right. I, I
0: the biggest the biggest issue that I see with a lot of scopes out there, it's not just the recoil problem, but whenever you get, like, say you got a two x fourteen, when you get to that halfway point of your your variance, when you zoom in, it starts getting like your uh, your bokeh starts getting kind of shitty. Yep. You get what I'm trying to say? Like it, it starts fogging out.
1: Yeah, and you know, on these price point scopes, the reason why that is is because they can't afford to keep the margins down, or the cost down. They they can't afford to put an adjustable objective on there. Well, you know, I demanded low profile turrets because I'm in and out of a back uh buying a, or a rifle pack all day. It Digs in your back. Yeah, or it digs in your back. So I got low profile turrets but i do have a side focus i demanded a side focus and you know because if it it's a four by 16 and if you crank it up to 16 and you want to look at you know 300 yards yeah it's going to be in focus but 600 yards ain't yeah. and uh, y- you know that side focus is is the bomb.com i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't go out with any girl if she didn't have side focus <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's
0: move on here. You um you got you got bino packs, you got uh, shooting sticks through bog, you've got sniper veils, you got all kinds of stuff on your website. So oh, yeah. if anybody that wants to, you know, check out some some either apparel or hunting gear, you're more than welcome to go to his website, coyotecalls.com. But uh moving on to one of the uh, the next topics here, we're already at 41 minutes, and um, is Having a camera guy with you on your hunts, has, has, has that ever ruined a hunt for you? To where, like, you got a coyote coming in, his his tail's moving around. You know, he's completely comfortable, but he catches your camera guy. Have you ever had that? Have you ever had that happen? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, not a whole lot. You know, because I handpick my camera guys pretty well, and and you know they're hunters too. Uh, I've had a couple camera guys that are not hunters, and it was just an absolutely uh, wreck. Um, and you know, a, a lot of hunters that TV hunters, and I know a lot of them, you know, they're dickheads, um, because, you know, the, the camera guy is working for us, but in the grand scheme of things, what, he, what the cameraman says goes. And, uh, if you got a good cameraman, he ain't afraid to say, Hey, hold off or don't shoot, or you better shoot him now. And it's awesome when a, a cameraman's like, dude, he's going to get her win. You better kill him because they may be seeing something i'm not but yeah i mean several times a year we screw up hunts filming i wouldn't say it was the cameraman but i would say it was just a combination of the business you know getting the footage we want do we have enough b-roll do we have a clean shot you know i can kill him but the camera can't kill him you know so it's you know and if the camera can't kill him it's a wasted coyote yeah. yeah and I hadn't hunted for almost 10 years without a camera over my back until, uh, the Texas hand calling championships in 2018. And, uh, you know, and, and then I hunted them again this year was, was steerman again. And, and I enjoy hunting. I realized I enjoy hunting again without a camera. Um, but y- you know, it's my life i've done it so long and the p you know everybody wants to be a tv guy i always say this everybody wants to be a tv guy till it's time to be a tv guy and
0: nobody wants know, to put the
1: work in and carry the gear well yeah it's, i mean you got to film you got to have good footage um i've got a buddy of mine that i mean he's got a great following but his kill shots always suck because he don't have the dedication to to really get shit done and it's not in this market but it's in another other market but you know it I mean, there's just so much you have to do. I, I've watched big deer walk off. I've watched I've watched elk walk off. I've watched everything that you can imagine walk off, walk off, and it sucks. And just because we didn't get what we wanted or didn't get what we needed because really, if, <clears throat> if somebody tunes into Dog Soldier, just like the video I uploaded on YouTube this week, man, I want to give them the best shit they've ever seen, or I want to give them the best shit they're going to remember. You know, if you have a car lot full of Ferraris and there's one fucking Volkswagen parked in the middle, they're gonna they're gonna remember the Volkswagen. You know? Yeah. And I don't wanna be remembered for being a Volkswagen. I want to be a be that Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> or a La- yeah. Or a Lambo. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 that kind of sounds counterdictive because, you know, well, they remember the Volkswagen. And I learned that from a buddy of mine. You know, we've always rodeoed and been in the bull business a little bit and they've raised some of the top going bulls and and they'll, you know, if that bull, if he ain't a 20, 22 point bull, they'll cut his head off. And he told me one time, he's like, well, everybody remembers the Volkswagen. You know, <laughs> I want, I, you know, if I'm remembered, I might be like everybody else, but at least I'm in the top. Exactly. Know? And, you know, I don't want to be remembered for shitty stuff, you know, period.
0: So with that being said, in the, uh, the Camber guy conversation, what about, what, what's your most chaotic hunt to date like your craziest
1: hunt story oh man man i've got so many i've i mean i had a hog get me down once i shot a coon off my leg one time with a ruger uh 45 long colt um gosh what's the most chaotic hunt
0: to where like like you're hunting everything happens and you're like what the fuck just happened like that that's what i want to hear like the most wildest story you can come up with that you can
1: remember (laughs) we uh yeah so i had this camera guy one time (laughs) this is funny and uh same camera guy you know this hog gets me down and it would have been awesome footage but he ran and uh you you didn't get to see it at all i mean you could see the hog hit me and kind of grabbed me but he took he peeled the wheel Um, (laughs) but that's that same cameraman one time we were down in texas and we were going to go frogging cuz I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hillbilly man. I mean, I like frog gigging and doing stuff like this and we were down there uh filming at Gator Country and uh and I wrestle alligators and shit too. And we were down there and I don't know what it was everything about this guy is chaotic. But anyway, <laughs> he's like, "Man, I ain't I ain't He's just one it. of them people. He's like, I ain't going frog gigging, man. There's cottonmouths and all this other bullshit. I ain't and alligators. I ain't doing it. Not in the dark. And I talked him into doing it. And uh we get about waist deep out in this pond. And we're walking the banks, shooting bullfrogs for uh, American Air Gunner at the time. <laughs> and I looked over and I told I told him, I said, hey, look over there. And I shined the light. And I thought he was doing shit all over himself. There was a seven-foot alligator cruising by us at about seven foot from us. I mean and uh we're we're waist deep in the water in this alligator yeah and he just freaked out that was pretty chaotic and then um you know i had a i had a camera guy one time um we were down in texas doing a uh a a world predator hunting expo and i had a camera guy get real drunk and shit all over a hotel room oh my god (laughs) yeah (laughs) That's pretty gay. It's, it's
0: not even the bachelor party. It's the shitty part.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, no pun intended, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That just... I remember I went to get him out of bed. I was going to whoop his ass, and his hand was stuck to his face. where He, he went over to the recliner to take a shit, and I guess he was dreaming. He was drunk, you know, and it was a bad deal. That's well, nasty. Yeah, that's another thing. Everybody thinks, you know, that we travel around and party, and I used to – I don't drink anymore, but I used to party a lot, and <laughs> – but you know oh, this God. business, yeah, this business. You know it's like being a, you know, I'm I've always been a cowboy and rodeoed, and I've I grew up with bikers, and I've always been a biker, and and uh, you know, TV hunting is like bikers. Uh, everybody thinks it's Jack Daniels, and hot strippers, when actually it's just Boone's Farm and ugly chicks. You know, <laughs> Boone's Farm and ugly chicks yeah there's your there's your quote for the day people (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i hope i ain't too much for your podcast but I no no dude this shit's getting published (laughs) yeah you know hell i I love it that's awesome i I contacted joe rogan one time i was like dude i'll pay you to let me on that podcast there's shit this world needs to hear and that's pretty bad joe rogan won't let me even on his deal even if i paid him The, the
0: way i look at it the way I honestly look at it, if somebody does not like what they're hearing, go to
1: another podcast. Yeah, you know, and I said that on episode one of Dog Soldier, the very first episode. I shot a coyote, and, man, I was excited, and and I've been I'm pretty known for you know when I get excited screaming fried chicken. Oh, I know, and, I know, uh, I've man, seen it a
0: hundred times, fried chicken. Yeah,
1: well, me and my little girl one time was sitting on the couch and watching me shoot coyotes, and I said, "Man, look, I smoked him, Zoe," and she goes, "Just like fried chicken, Dad." <laughs> And, and it, it just stuck. stuck with me, yeah, and, and, you know, I told people, the very first episode of Dog Soldier, we don't have none of them first episodes online, we're getting ready to upload them, and do some stuff with them, but, you know, I remember I was excited, and I said, you know what, if you don't like it, don't watch, because this is how it's going to be, and that was eight or nine years ago, and look look where we're at now. And you know, you know what the craziest thing is, like, I told my wife, I said... You know what? I
0: said that there's a lot of, uh, I don't mean this rude or anything like that. I said, but there's a lot of fake people that put on a fake personality for their show and for their podcast. I said, I'm not going to be one of them people. I was like, I'm going to be who I am if they don't like it, but then they can just get their ass and hit the road. I was like, yeah. I, you know, I'm doing this for the fun of it. You know, this is, this is what I enjoy doing is bullshit about hunting and hearing stories and asking questions and stuff like that. Because this is technically my downtime. you know my my podcast name is Project Hunt Bow hunting Podcast, yeah, but the more i'm the more that I've talked to people and the more that I enjoy talking about more than just bow hunting, because that's all I do is bow hunt Whitetails here in yeah. Kentucky, the more the more I want to expand it, and there's gonna be a big change for for my podcast this year. I'm gonna change probably my logo around. I'm gonna change the name I mean I'm gonna do a lot I got a lot of things in store for my podcast this year and I'm pretty excited about it but that's one thing I'm going to always be man I'm gonna be a hundred percent true and honest with people and I'm not gonna cut no I'm not gonna cut no bullshit yeah
1: and if thats you don't how, like it go on yeah that's how it should be because you know it takes a lot of dedication a lot of time i I failed here lately at doing my podcast and you know what I'll probably get a copy of this and upload it to the dog soldier podcast from you you know it's uh I, I fail at doing podcasts. Like I should, I should do them more frequent and, you know, I'm just so busy, but this is one of the strongest platforms I have as an outdoor television personality as a podcast. And, and, you know, um, well, the, the good the, thing, the good thing about podcasts is it's just so raw and it's so real. And, and it, it just sucks so much when you hear these jackoffs, you know, doing one. And it's just like, man, that ain't you. I know you, yeah. I freaking know you personally. You know, not I, told you a, I told a guy one night. This was years ago. We were we were in, um, gosh dang, um, whatever that bar is. I think it's Gilly's down in the the uh, Treasure Island in Vegas. We was at shot show and and uh, the manager knew us really well. Uh, we'd been there several years, and me and Bill always stayed there. And they had mud wrestling, and and this place was packed, asshole to elbows, and. He took us in the back and got us two five-gallon buckets of beer and took me and Bill and set us over on the stage behind the ropes, you know, and it was just me and Bill, and then there was this all these mud wrestler women out there mud wrestling and all these guys. It was just fun. We were just sitting there having a good time, and and I heard somebody yell, Cryer, and I looked over, and I won't say his name because, I mean, he already hates me. I don't need him bragging on me anymore, but um, (laughs) he's like. He already hates me. Yeah, he just, well, I mean, because I'm honest, I mean, he, he just started his own show, you know. He's like, Kreiner, where'd you get that beer? And I was like, at the bar. We're at the bar. We're at the beer joint, man. And he's like, uh, he's like, well, man, the line's too long. Can I have one of them? And I said, it was not 24 hours ago I seen your ass praying in a creek on your TV show and talking about how God is good. And you want to you wanna bum a beer from Steve Kreiner at a mud wrestling competition? Something's wrong with that picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if I've talked to that guy since, you know. And it, Trump is ass. You're fired. <laughs> Get and, out. <laughs> and I just see these. I see I see this happening all the time. And, and you know, me talking about it draws a lot of hate, too, and puts a lot of targets on my back because people think I'm just being an asshole. But it's not I mean, it being an asshole. You know, cool. there's only a few things that matter to me in, in this life. And it's my family. And it's being real. And my country and the people who who fought and sacrificed to give us what we got. That's all that matters to me. And if you can't get respect for that, then fuck them. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't don't need no more. You know, when Winchester called me and fired me over the, you know, I got into it with the Greenpeace group. And I posted a picture on Instagram with bloody hands flipping them off. And I said, this means, you know, fuck off an American. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that was probably a little harsh, but you know these this same group had threatened to rape my kids threatened to kill emily threatened to burn my house down and i told winchester that and and, you know their exact words was it ain't your job to stick up for this country this industry or your family it's your we pay you to sell guns well that would have been my ticket out of there well that's what it was like well all right then sayonara and then uh I went into the gun business, and now people are buying Dog Soldier Legend Makers instead of Winchester Coyote Lights. You know? That's what happens, man. That's I sell a T-shirt that, that has that picture on it, and it says, I lost an American legend for being American, and I'd do it again, and I mean that.
0: Well i tell you right now.
1: Uh, I mean, I'm still young.
0: I'm still real young. How I'm old only 20, are you? I'm only 27. But, uh, <laughs> i tell you what, though. I learned this whenever I was in middle school, and I swear to God, you can ask my mom. You can ask my wife now, which she didn't know me in middle school, but you can ask my wife now. I'm 100% straight up with everybody. I don't care. I speak what's on my mind. That's how I was raised, and I don't put up with the bullshit. But, you know, my dad taught me a long time ago that wolves eat sheep, not sheep eat wolves.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just, you know, the main main thing is just, you know, people just got to be their self. People don't want to be country, real anymore. Yeah, and if you're in this country, you you damn sure better support the people that sacrificed to give us what we got. What's going on in this country is so so brutal. You know, they just passed the bill in Virginia about the assault rifles, and it, it's just uh, I just I can't even believe what's what's happening. It, it just it just amazing me. You know, amazing to me. So it's uh. It's definitely a different, different world than what it used to be. That's for that's for dang sure. Yeah, for sure. It's never thought it'd be like this, but it is. But anyways,
0: guys, we are at the sixty minute mark here with uh, the Project Hunt podcast. Uh, Steve, I greatly appreciate you coming on, man, and taking time out of your day. I know you got a busy schedule and stuff, and. Um, Everybody who is listening, make sure you go check out the Dog Soldier on YouTube. Go check out his website, CowdyCalls.com. Coyote, and okay. then also, uh, what, what did you say that your uh, Instagram handle was?
1: Uh, one and only Dog Soldier.
0: One and only Dog Soldier. You guys, you yeah. go find him. I appreciate y'all guys listening. And until next time, y'all be safe and God bless. All right, Peace out.